0: Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your hosts E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your keeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham.
1: and Welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 23. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. I'm your co-host from the land of the Sloppy Joe sandwich you never heard of. I'm Peter M. Vera, and today we're recording on December 12, 2020, and as always, we have another great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I would like to remind all of our faithful listeners that if you take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, And we we read your review on air. We will send you a special prize pack. Now, let me introduce my co-host, the 1984 District 7 snowman building champion of North Haven, New York. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Mr. Eric Holzman. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Hello there. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. That, yeah, the snow thing. It's been a while with the snowman uh (laughs) what was
1: the you've been competitively building snowmen for how long now like that was was that your first championship like what's the what's the real story behind that
0: wow uh i started a few years earlier obviously um you know you 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 get a technique down you learn how to do it you have to be fast so you learn that you learn a few different things how to build a snowman what's the best snow obviously and then uh yeah, you start entering competitions and So is it like is it almost like a bracket?
1: Like you won District Seven, like or how many districts are there?
0: In New York, there's about fourteen, fifteen districts, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's kinda of like the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. in that regard. You get seated and then you have to like first it's just submit pictures and then you have to like do a live showing where you actually build a snowman and then Um, Then you have the competitions and it's kind of tough because, you know, it goes by how much it snows. And if you don't have any snow, then you got to use this fake snow. It's this whole big deal. And are are you like a, a corn pipe top hat charcoal, you know,
1: carrot nose type guy or like, do you do anything differently?
0: There's like divisions, So you have to do like a basic one, which is that one. And then you get to be creative. You can create a different kind of snowman if you want, or do a, uh, if you can do like an animal or something like that, you have choices. There's different levels to the snowman making. So, all right. Hey, look, you know,
1: better than I do. So, I mean, I'm just happy. I get to do these shows with just a man of many talents, such as yourself.
0: Yes, yeah, so you keep bringing up all my talents. I'm going to have nothing to surprise anyone with anymore. So, Well, I mean, if you ever need help uh, as an icebreaker on a first
1: date, just pop in one of our old podcasts, and I'm sure you'll find something.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now they're all out there, and hopefully they'll, they'll become podcasts, fans of the podcast as well.
1: So if you're looking you know, right now to date anyone of significance in the Long Island area, just hit up Eric Holzman at uh, straightogpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I mean, he's he's courting right now.
0: Yes, uh, I will start. I'll start with the snowman and we'll take it from there.
1: But yeah. uh, before we actually, it's it's cool that I mentioned that because we have a, a contest winner to announce today. Yes, sir. So we have, as everyone knows, we mentioned the, the rate and review contest in the intro. We have our winner for the month of November, FJC509. Love the podcast, five stars. I'm new to this podcast and already enjoying it. Makes my log drives that much easier. Well, I'm glad that we can help you out with your long commutes. So, FJC, whenever you can email us at the at gmail uh, we'll re- you reach out to us. We'll get in contact, and we will mail mail you your prize pack. So please, uh, we we already tried posting the uh, the review on Twitter, Instagram, and on the Facebook page, and you have n- not yet uh, contacted us. So you have 30 days <laughs> from uh, from you know. Uh, What's it called? I guess December seventh. That's when I, we yeah. announced it. So thirty days from December seventh to claim your prize, and if it goes unclaimed, we will just offer that offer that special surprise to somebody else. So please uh, reach out to us.
0: Yes, uh, we don't we don't want to give your prize to anyone else, but we might be forced to. So. Don't force me. Yeah, don't, don't force us me. to do it, especially <laughs> in the Christmas season. We don't want to don't want to bring that kind of karma on us for Christmas. So, but uh, yeah, and uh, but we. Ha- the December contest is actually ongoing. So make sure you guys enter that one. Yes. Everyone out there, make sure you enter the podcast. i uh, sorry, the contest for this month. We, uh, you know, Pete, we do Pete it pulled, every month. <laughs> yes. And Pete, Pete gets some good surprises, good prizes for you guys. So this one's holiday themed. So it's worth it. Yes. So we definitely want to, definitely want to do that. What I definitely want to do right now is we, Pete and I like doing this together, but we, so, every once in a while, we like bringing a guest on. And we have a guest today. He is a writer for The Flickering Myth, Batman on film. He's our great friend from the North, Mr. Ricky Church. Ricky, hello, sir.
2: Hello. How are you guys doing?
0: We're good. We're very good. Uh, what's going on up in Canada right now? Uh, not much.
2: <laughs> um, uh, starting to get winter. It's been raining all day, though. So, uh, yeah, not much. Are you building an experiment Uh I built one... Or my wife built one the other week with our uh, daughter, Um, but it's gone now because we don't currently have snow. So uh, hopefully we'll build one again soon.
0: So, So Ricky, so we like I said, you've Batman on film, The Flickering Myth. Do you have any um, articles right now out there we should look for?
2: Uh well, I currently did a review for the um, Batman Three Jokers uh, collection. I um, mm-hmm. think that went up uh, earlier this week, or late last week. Um, and then I'm also uh, I've also been reviewing uh, the Mandalorian. Um, so I'm just in uh, I'm a little bit behind on this week's schedule because of uh, Boxing Day work and mm. stuff where uh, i work uh at a uh, best buy so we're right in the middle of
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: holiday boxing day uh sales and everything so it's very it's still very busy despite everything so uh yeah uh, my review for last night's um mandalorian episode that that'll be uh, uh chapter 15 i guess uh, the believer yes. uh-huh. um that, that will be up tomorrow for anyone interested um but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, that's about it. So if you want to check out my Mandalorian reviews or uh, my Three Jokers review, then yeah, by all means, uh, check them out and let me know what you think.
0: All right. Well, so yeah, we yeah we've been trying uh, we've been trying to get you on for a little bit. So I'm glad you finally were able to get on. I told you before when we were uh, off air before we came on that. Of, if you guys don't know, Ricky's a big Transformers guy, so am I. And I was flipping through the channels, and Dark of the Moon was on. So <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. So it was kind of it was kind of a weird thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is odd. I'm reporting with Ricky. And we've talked about doing a Transformers thing, so we have to yeah, do one eventually. We, yeah,
2: we have to for sure. Uh, Dark Dark of the Moon is probably my second favorite uh, of those films. Actually, no, third because Bumblebee climbed up there so Mm -hmm. uh yeah so who uh, is your
1: favorite transformer
2: sorry my favorite transformer uh optimus prime for sure
1: okay (laughs) Uh, i go with jazz jazz is my favorite if
2: if i'm going if i had to choose someone not prime um yeah jazz is cool um i might also extend it to to beast wars and say dinobot dinobots pretty pretty rad
0: okay yeah it's not bad yeah grimlock like i've always liked grimlock oh yeah grimlock's awesome so um obviously iron hide's always a cool transformer yeah so you know you have Mm -hmm. there's a there's many to choose from uh so many (laughs) yeah and it's it's weird how bumblebee has become so popular in our time where because i remember when when i was a kid he was kind of like the uh the like the weak transformer yeah the the rent
2: of the group i guess yeah
0: it's it's because
2: i i kind of grew i I was born in 87 so i was like it was just kind of or not after transformers was popular because it was still popular when i was little Mm -hmm. but like by the time i i got like into it like the show was already done Right. Um, but they still had like, you know, uh, they were still selling like the original G1 toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember having quite a few of those with my brother. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Cause I, I also don't remember Bumblebee being that popular when I was younger. Like it was always, you know, obviously prime. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess cause of uh, ever since the first live action movie, like Bumblebee's like. Become really popular, which I guess like he he's kind of one of the most e- easiest ones to you know sell to the little kids because you know he's like the youngest of them.
1: The name too, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah and the name it's a cute name and stuff. I was so. always
1: bummed out he wasn't a beetle to be honest in the Bay movies. Yeah, I know that that's one
2: reason why I really liked the Bumblebee movie because like it, it, it even though its design was. And continuity was kind of set within the Bayformers movies. Like it it was just like, no, we're going kind of like full out, almost full out G1 with, you know, the designs and, Mm -hmm. and almost the story and stuff. So uh, like, I mean, see, seeing Ravage pop out of Soundwave's chest was something that I really wanted to see on screen. And that moment was amazing. So Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That movie did give a lot of the fans of the first generation uh, hope, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going for forward sure. for the universe of where we're going to see, because um, I was waiting too. Uh, the Cybertron stuff is incredible. Oh so.
2: yeah, I want full. And I know they're they are. They've said that they're um, planning to make a full like Cybertron movie um, somewhere down the line, like if it ever gets made. Cause the the last, they haven't really uh, given any kind of update to that.
0: No, I don't know about a
2: year, I guess, but I, either way, I I want to see a full Cybertron movie set like that.
0: Yep. I'm just looking forward uh, for whatever they do. Hopefully all of it's now based off of what we saw in Bumblebee and we can go from there.
1: Yeah. I was lucky enough to acquire a G one jazz maybe like two years ago. And I can't tell you how happy I was. I mean, I definitely had one as a kid, but it's long gone, but I was able to get one intact guns and everything. And I was even, I actually, I think he was, he wasn't that, he wasn't that expensive. I think he ended up costing me like 35 bucks loose. Oh. And uh, yeah, for 10 bucks, I was able to pick up an iron hide as well. So I was really happy for like nice. 150 bucks. I got two, you know, two cool G1 transformers. I was really pumped about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I've gone into the... um uh the the war for cybertron toy line it started out with buying a optimus prime for for my young girls when they're like old enough with it and then uh i was like uh eh, you know let's get a couple more for them to play with <laughs> Yeah, and, for uh, yeah, yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, quote unquote, for them. I mean, I'm going to be playing with them too, obviously. So it's kind right. of, you know, I'm living vicariously through be
1: them. Sure. Yeah. joints are tight before so they don't snap on them, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah,
2: now, now I, I have built up quite a few. And it's like, okay, may, yeah, maybe I'm going a little overboard now. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I'm, down, I'm down the
1: rabbit hole. Nothing can stop me now. <laughs> if I pass like a Jazz in a Target or something, I usually pick him up. You know, I mean, I, I, it's hard because, you know, like you said, you fall down the toy collecting rabbit hole and I have so many Batman figures and such. So when it comes to like transformers, I can't be as crazy as I'd like to be, but uh, I see, if I see a jazz figure I like, I will, I will buy him.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I haven't bought a transformers toy in a long time, but I definitely want to uh, start getting a couple um, back in the collection if I can. So, uh, you know, I do somewhere in Attic somewhere are most of my Transformers toys. So I'm just waiting for those.
2: Yeah. I had a bunch when I was younger and like I had a ton of Beast Wars because uh, when, when Beast Wars started, like I was in like grade three or whatever, and that, that was yeah. pretty big. So yes, I, was. yeah, so I had a ton of Beast Wars figures, um, which my mom gave away at some point when <laughs> why I, do would, they do that? I never like i mean i i hadn't played with them for years because i was you know like 12 or 13 14 i don't know somewhere within that range but like i still liked them and like i had them in a box and you know like our back room and you know and then uh, i left for like a summer camp for like two two weeks and i come back and she's donated them all to like you know the the local church drive and i was like no what
1: do, what do you do oh, i'm not gonna donate your fur coat you haven't worn in years like why <laughs> are you donating my stuff i don't understand what the point is in that nice
2: yeah so 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 that broke me a little bit but
0: uh <laughs> so yeah. so yeah so we're going to obviously do a Transformers podcast in the future, Ricky and I will do one. Pete, if you want to be on it, obviously
1: I'm not included. Apparently, uh, Eric's already shunned me away. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was something I just, Ricky I just and went I on had... and on high collect jazz toys, and Eric's like, "Well, you know, if you want to join in, well, you can <laughs> end, I oh, you
0: know. no, it because it's something Ricky and I talked about before we had this podcast, so that's why I just put it that way. Of <laughs> course, you are more than welcome <laughs> to be on. It.
1: Of course, you're more than welcome to be on your own show. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll do it under a different name. Well, there we that. go. Straight out of Cybertron. That's <laughs> why
1: Eric like works his way into satellite shows, like straight out of Alderaan. That's, that's coming. Out. Straight out of
0: Alderaan is coming. By
1: the way. Well, come.
2: how how can it come out of Alderaan though? It's gone. Like you know exactly. Just, just know how much
1: Star Wars knowledge I have? I the only planet I know doesn't exist. <laughs> too soon. Too soon.
2: Yeah. Too soon. <laughs>
0: Alright, so everyone who w- listens know the format, we pick some topics to go over that are popular out there in pop culture, and we go through them. Ricky has been kind enough to join us to lend us his um, opinions on these things, so let's start rolling. So I'm going to begin with, there is a new Godfather 3 cut. It is called, what is it? Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. And basically it's a recut of Godfather 3. So he said he was kind of like pulling on a thread of a sweater that annoyed you, and you end up re it, re-knitting the whole sweater. So he says he was going to – I guess they were just going to do some – cut some pieces, but he decided to redo and recut a, a majority of it. However, according to Pete, who has now seen both, he says that wasn't the case. So Pete, begin. Yeah, What's going you know,
1: on? Being the good Sicilian that I am, I spent my uh... – my Thursday spending uh, six hours with the same movie. Um, I think Godfather Coda is actually a better version of the film. It seems to be more streamlined. It seems to really just cut to the chase. The the opening's different. Like they take the – the when, when Michael goes to vis- visit the archbishop in Godfather 3, it makes it seem like it was Michael's idea. But in Coda, it makes it seem like the church needs Michael more than Michael needs the church to bail them out of their financial crisis. Okay. And I found that interesting and it, it just sets up the movie a lot better. Um, It just, it seems more streamlined and more efficient. And the ending I thought of Coda actually got me more emotional just because of how they edit it. And it's in Godfather three, it's like Sophia dies, Michael screams. And then it kind of goes into a montage of the women's lives. He ruined, you know, his first, his, his first wife, Kay, and then his daughter, this one was just all about his daughter and it, it, it and it kind of ends there. And then, in Godfather 3 Michael you know eventually passes away in coda he doesn't he just kind of looks up to the sky and it cuts to black so
0: okay. um
1: it, it, it kind of it was more impactful i thought um but essentially the only you know they take a, a scene from about like maybe 20 to 30 minutes in the movie they move it to the introduction uh the introduction at the compounds removed the ending's different and but outside of that it's it's still the same movie what i found interesting was Coppola said that this would vindicate Uh, Sophia Coppola's uh, performance as Mary and uh, it didn't it's it's exactly the same she's 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 not uh she's not a great actress actress even though she is a fantastic director in her own right but um it was it is a better version of the film I'll give him that he if if that movie that he made the first time around really bothered him and he wanted this one to be better he achieved his goal
0: all right so Ricky here knowing what Pete just said and even before you heard that were you Were you interested to see what changes were made? And now as you hear them, are you interested to watch it to see exactly what uh, Pete said, like to just check it out?
2: Yeah. um, Like I I love the first two Godfather movies. Um, They're uh, like among my, I think like both are pretty much like in my top 10 uh, favorite movies ever. Um, And going to be honest, like I've seen the third one, um a couple times but it's not like one that i revisit very often or at least not nearly as often as one in two um so but when, when i did hear that um coppola was uh recutting um part three i like i, I was interested to see um you know, how this new version would stack up and like what, what exactly he was planning on changing and everything. Um, and I, I also remember, uh, cause it's, it has been a while since I've seen part three, but, um, I, I also remember that like, um, after watching it, I didn't think it was quite as bad as like a lot of people say it is. Yeah. I yeah, mean, like, I agree with Peter that, um, Sophia Capella is the weakest part of the movie, but, um, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was like nearly as bad. Uh, like it's not great. Uh, and definitely when you stack it up with uh, part one and especially part two, um, you know, uh, but Uh, yeah. So, uh, but again, like, it's not when I revisit often. Um, but yeah, I was interested in what the Coda would be, which, um, like I was actually very, the thing that intrigued me about it was the fact that they, like, he decided to put Coda in the title. Like it's no longer Godfather part three. It's, it's Godfather Coda, which, um, you guys know, um, Zaki, right? Zaki Hassan. Yes. Or Henson. Yeah. Um, he 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 talks about this. He he made a really good comparison uh, a a while ago. And anyone, by the way, who doesn't follow Zaki, uh, go follow him because he's great. Um, but yeah, like he he said that he he views part three more as like an epilogue to the story. yes it kind of ends Mm -hmm. with part two and then part and then part three is just essentially like a long epilogue which uh when i heard him say that i was like okay yeah i I get that take so i find it really interesting that coda is added to this because that's essentially what you know an epilogue is so yeah Mm -hmm. and
1: coppola says that like in, in the if you buy i bought it digitally on itunes So it comes with, it comes with Coda, it comes with Godfather three, and it also comes with an introduction by uh, Francis Ford Coppola. And he states that that was always his original intent was kind of have it as an epilogue to the first two films. And that's really where his passion was to kind of create this, uh, this new cut. So, yeah. So Coda does like, it, it serves a purpose. Like that is a specific title that he really wanted to add to this film.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Oh, sorry. Eric. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm still interested in watching it, but, um, like, I I, kind of in the back of my mind, you know, I wondered, like, well, how different is it really, you know, going to be compared to what part three was? And just hearing Pete's, uh, opinion of it kind of like confirms that little nugget uh, that, that was, you know, in the back of my head. So, like, I'm still interested in watching it. Um,
1: it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah. I, I, I I totally agree. I think that the way the movie starts off it, with just him and the Archbishop, it really adds something to like, well, why did Michael get involved in this? The whole thing about Immobiliare and just getting involved with the church and all that stuff. And it's, it just flows so much better. Yeah, It really, it just, it just cuts right to the chase. You know exactly what's going on. And I mean, as I was watching Godfather part three, I remember like kind of like, I was like, Oh wow, this is this is better than I remember it. You know, mm-hmm. this movie isn't a horrible movie, and uh, you know, I th- Coppola at one point said, like, you know, a lot of the critics they came at me through Sophia's performance, and that was that that always bothered him as as a father. It's like you're not, you're not even attacking me; you're attacking my daughter. So it, it it always it always irked him a little bit, and I I always thought that was unfair if he really felt that way. But again, she she did not give a good. There's there's times where it's very wooden
0: her performance. Yeah, I'm. I'm of the school that I didn't um, I don't love the story to begin with in three so I guess for me uh, this is much ado about nothing I'll I'll probably take a look at it because I just love the first two movies so much and I love the the characters uh, in Ooh. in the mm-hmm. films but from a standpoint of does this is this gonna make me change my opinion? Well, based on what Pete said it's really not much different that would do that. So I don't know if I'm gonna come out liking it more I have seen it. It's been a while, but I it has it's been, definitely been within a few years that mm-hmm. I've seen it again because I always try and again as you get older you're like well maybe I'm a different I'm older now I have a little bit more wisdom on certain things maybe I'll view things from a different perspective yeah uh, but the last time I watched it that wasn't the case so we'll see what happens but um I guess I am interested to see how the the things you said they did change how it flows in the story so I'll probably give it a, a, a watch but uh. I don't think it's going to make me think Godfather Three is any, is a better movie than I thought to begin with. So, fair enough. Yeah. So moving right along, um, as everybody knows, DC Comics has a new a new version or a new line coming out called Future State. And uh, from <laughs> for most of you guys who are much more deeper in comic reading than I am, uh, you guys are not anticipating this, right, Pete? This is not something that.
1: Uh, I'm, I have my, my concerns. Yeah. But it's, it's mostly about the corporate mandate and not as much as about the creative teams that's involved. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. I think the people who are writing these stories are very capable and very qualified and talented individuals. I just don't agree with this whole, let's take two months of our time and and fast forward things. I got to know a couple of years. Right. Seems weird to me.
0: Yeah, but at CCXP, they announced the the team, the writing teams, and the, or the co- creative teams behind the comics after Future State, right? So uh, A
1: lot of them are, like, I know, for instance, um, Rom V will do a Future State Swamp Thing, and he will have a title coming out of that, which I'm really pumped about because I love his Catwoman right now. If you're not reading that, please. I think it started at Catwoman 25. His Catwoman is fantastic, and... His swamp thing uh, sounds very interesting to me. Uh, Robbie Thompson's uh, Suicide Squad. He's doing Future State's Suicide Squad, and that's also sounds really interesting. And like it also ties it like Peacemakers in there, so it's kind of got that little bit of that movie vibe into it. And uh, the the you know just oh, what, what I'm trying to I can't remember Green her name. Lantern.
0: Green Lantern's uh,
1: interesting. Um, I forget the guy who's writing it, but it sounds. Thorn it's basically where Jon Stewart doesn't have the ring and he's trying to do things as a man, you know, involved in, I guess I got to pull up my notes here. Uh, it's basically about like without John Stewart, be- basically being a green lantern without the ring.
0: Okay. And I
1: found that very interesting. Cause I was like, Oh wow, that sounds, that sounds just out of the ordinary here. Um, and then you have uh, detective comics and dark detective by uh, Dan Mora uh, the artist and makiro tamaki uh as she is the writer and it just it sounds very interesting uh you know and she's she's she praises Mora's artwork and uh john ridley is also doing next batman but i don't know if i don't know if Tynan's staying on for batman i know that the creative team from dark detective will take over detective comics um but i know, I know- for i'll oh, go
0: no well there the there's a teen titans coming after this right uh, there is
1: a teen Titans book and it sounds like it's a mixture of old Titans and new Titans. It almost sounds like it's uh, some Titans have died off and it, it sounds very suicide squad like. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that interesting. Um, you know, they're going to mix and match some of the n- old and new. So we'll see where that goes. I'm trying to figure out who's, who is, uh, who's writing that.
0: Tim Sheridan. Oh
1: yes. Yeah, Sher- we know Tim Sheridan from various DC animated original movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh yeah he, he i think he he most recently did the man of
2: tomorrow movie i think mm-hmm. he's and, done a few uh, return of superman no uh, reign of the superman before that. Yeah. Uh,
1: and i believe he had his hand in gotham by gaslight okay.
0: oh, yeah, yeah
2: yeah i think you're right yeah
1: so i thought that was I've interesting
0: seen, i've seen some of the artwork and it looks pretty cool uh, mm-hmm. so I guess we'll see what go where it goes with that. And um this obviously is spinning the the, the post future state will begin in March. Um yes. so yeah, so I guess we look out for these then. Yeah.
2: Now um I, I haven't really been uh following a whole lot of the future state news until like now and now they've been announcing the uh creative teams after. Um but Pete, maybe um, you'd be able to answer this. Um, One thing I've kind of been confused about, I know like Swamp Thing is continuing from its future state story. Are any of the other titles continuing? Like are they – Future State basically like introducing the concepts and then the ongoing series will run from there. I don't know
1: if it's weird because like it seems like future states a step in the future and then we're going to go back in time into normal continuity. Like that's the part where I'm kind of foggy on. But, yeah. you know, so it's like, why are we going forward only to go back? You know, like that seems a bit weird to me. But um, I know that the creative team for Detective, the Dark Detective will take over Detective Comics. So the next issue is the end for Peter Tomasi and uh, and Brad Walker. Um, Stephanie Phillips is writing Future State Harley Quinn, and she will continue on in Future St- in uh, uh, Harley Quinn, the monthly book. And she really kind of, uh, I was watching her stuff from CCXP, And she just was so excited and her passion really reeked through. And um, she just was so, she just was like, I fell in love with Harley in new different ways. And she's adding her own spin on the character and Harley's going to use her, you know, her, she, she, what she said when she said, this was like Harley's degrees will factor into the story. And I was like, that's something that's really interesting to me, you know, because it's like, we've never, we, you know, we know Harley's kind of insane, but we never really see, and this might be something that's explored a little bit in White Knight currently, the, you know, the Harley Quinn spinoff of White Knight. We mm-hmm. never really see Harley's intelligence really on full display, you know. Yeah, the um, yeah,
2: the one bit that I liked in the Suicide Squad movie, um, like, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Suicide Squad movie to begin with, even with its flaws. But the one, the one aspect that I liked about about it, it was just. Actually, I I can't remember if this was in the original movie or if maybe it was placed in the extended cut. Now that I think of it, I th- it may have been in a extended cut scene. But like where Harley like psychoanalyzes each member of the the squad as they are like walking down the street. And she goes like talks with each of them and like diagnoses like all yeah, their.
0: Yeah. That was all, in the extended cut. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I really like that bit, and I was i um, glad to see some of that also carry over into uh, Birds of Prey. Um, but uh, yeah, like, uh, like I like it when, you know, like, obviously Har- Harley's had a long history of, you know, being like the, the comic sidekick and, you know, the silly one and also like, you know, the punching bag, but I like the moments uh, when writers are like, hold on. Like she is a very intelligent woman and like a very yeah, capable. Brilliant. Yeah. A very capable therapist and psychoanalyst. Let's use that. So like, I, I like it when, you know, they, uh, they remember that and use it to their advantage.
1: This was a quote. She goes, when you become funnier, the more anxious and depressing things get. It's like, she's put in her words, she's put Harley in a box and things are kind of closing in around her. And I was like, that's cool. Like giving, exploring Harley mentally couldn't be really fascinating like you said Mm -hmm. because she is like she's not your typical you know just thug she's she's she is a brilliant individual in her own right Mm -hmm. she's just been manipulated by the joker a little bit and this kind of goes with the new resurgence of harley and just kind of like this just almost like rebirth if you will of just who she really is as a character she's not just the sidekick she can be almost i know she's kind of been pinned as like this deadpool-esque type of character but she can even be greater than that
2: mm-hmm
0: yeah i mean she, yeah, like sure. you guys said she has her backstory is pretty much you know it says that she's a smart doctor who just falls for the wrong guy i guess <laughs> right so you know you have that kind of person and it's good when they when writers go back to those things and, mm-hmm. and remind people that yeah this is who this person is so we talked a little about future state uh we did in the last few days we got a reveal of the new batman um, Tim Fox. We got a reveal of the picture, and obviously he is the estranged son of Lucius Fox and brother of Luke Fox. So, um, I know most people and mo- definitely most purists hate when Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. Uh, a lot of people have issues with that. Um, is the fact that they're going this direction, uh, Ricky, I'll ask you, the fact that they're going this direction, uh, do you have any feelings on that? Do you you know, are you interested to see what they do?
2: Um, I think it could be intriguing and like the fact that it's kind of going to be a original character as well, because, um, Tim Fox, like there has been a story, uh, with him in it, right? Like, like he's entirely new. Uh, his, his, uh,
1: his first appearance was Batman volume one, three thirteen, I believe. I think that was somewhere in oh. the seventies,
0: okay. but he, yeah.
1: he's definitely the. The unused brother. I mean, Luke Fox. We all know how to run his Batwing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- ob- he's very Oracle like, tech genius, like t- yeah, uh, Tim, yeah. Heather, very smart, uh, capable fighter. So the fact that they went with uh, Tim Fox is kind of shocking to me because, again, yeah. like, he's kind of been an almost forgotten character until recently.
2: Yeah, the the one thing that like doesn't really um, excite me about about this uh, idea is that this will have been the, uh, what, third, fourth time in the last decade that someone other than Bruce Wayne is under the cowl, because... Yeah, first, most
1: recently Robo Gordon. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> first there was Dick Grayson, and which actually turned out really great, both in the hands of Grant Morrison and Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. But then there was Gordon, um, which ju- was just, you know, like not even a few years after Dick like stepped out of the cowl to become Nightwing again. And now we have, uh, Tim Fox. So, and like, that's in the span of like, it's 2020. Um, Dick was still Batman in 2010. So this is the third time that, 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 um, Bruce is no longer Batman and someone else's. So it's just like, it's, it's a bit of an old idea. Like it was already an old idea because, you know, the nineties, uh, D- Az- uh, Ezreal and Dick were right, right. Batman, uh, Ezreal more prominently. Um, but it's, I mean,
1: it's even weirder though. Cause it seems like in dark detective, Bruce Wayne is, you know, quote unquote dead, but someone is still acting as Batman. And then you have Tim Fox acting as the next Batman. So we're going to have, and they've said this, the two Batmans will interact at some point in future state. So ah. it's just, it's interesting to me that we're going to have two Batmans at once again. That's, you know, like it seems very nightfally, right? Yeah.
0: And Pete, this That's picks up from Joker war, right? This is a, uh, uh, of- I wouldn't say Joker. War. I don't hear.
1: I actually don't have an answer to that it just, I think they're doing almost like – like, Ricky, you remember after Infinite Crisis, we did the one-year-later storyline. We just jumped ahead in time. Mm -hmm. I I have a feeling that's what this is. Like, you know, after December – come January 1st, we're just jumping ahead in the timeline.
2: Well, I mean this is again also like the other reason why I haven't really been following future state news is because – This was again done like a few years ago. With five years later, you know, the the comics jumped ahead five years for like a series of like one offs or or two partners, and then then they jumped back to you know the the current timeline, which sounds exactly what like what future state is. So it's like this is again just you know a repeat of. You know, and, what what came a few years ago?
1: <laughs> and my biggest thing is like, I mean, I don't want to get caught up in another convergence like time where I'm just, I'm you know for for a period of time you're co- you're running off these two issue storylines, three issue storylines, yeah. and I'm buying all these books. And you know what? It sucks. Like convergence was not good, you know. And I mean, I don't really, I don't know how much of that you read, but it just it wasn't it wasn't quality. And now I have this whole run of comics that I don't even enjoy <laughs> in my long boxes that I know if I sell them, I'm getting them for like fifty cents on the dollar yeah literally like i will get the that's how much they'll go for like my guy will sell them for a buck they're not worth anything and i it's a whole long box full
2: yeah yeah i haven't read convergence um well don't right uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of interested in it but like when it was coming out but then i heard like a lot of like i was Thought like uh, I won't pick up the series issue by issue because it seems you know like it's a really big thing, so maybe I'll pick up the trade. But then I started hearing like you know the the reviews about it. I think I think the best thing that can be said about convergence is how it brought back you know the pre fifty uh, two Superman and Lois, and, and then you know used them for uh, yeah. But even rebirth. so, like
1: coming out of that, the the best the best part about that was the you know, the S- Superman and Lois storyline that came out of Convergence. Yeah. It wasn't even Convergence. Like, they had two issues. So basically yeah. out of out of like 70 books that they published, there were only two that were really good and, and ended up picking up its own series. So yeah. it's kind of a bummer because like, again, it sounds like a really interesting concept. The, ex- the execution just isn't there.
2: Yeah.
0: So hold on. Sorry. Lost my train of thought. Uh, so moving forward we had some other interesting news come out um it was earlier this week actually uh we got joe manganiello manganiello yeah Did I say Manjel- right? manganiello? manganiello manganiello i, I think that, yeah, joey, I think m? that. Joey, joey m joey manganiello yes sorry joey Big m Steelers yes joey m. <laughs> joey, m., joey m as they call him in the streets joey m <laughs> he he, he um, spoke about the script that ben affleck was working on for his batman movie that obviously we never got and um some of it it sounds i'm gonna read what it is in a little bit but it's very similar to stuff we've seen uh in other interpretations dark knight um, rises like,
1: specifically yes dark
0: knight rises mm-hmm. and in titans uh the last season of titans too, obviously with um uh, this dick grayson playing would be playing the batman role but Similar similarities there as well. So, um, Manganiello goes on to say that there were similarities to the game, which is David Fincher's 1997 um, cult, cult, sorry, cult favorite, starring Michael Douglas. Uh, he goes on to say that, um, Deathstroke tries to do a demolition job on Bruce Wayne's life, like systemically destroying his status. Um, and breaking him down basically which is apparently a theme that a lot of directors are <laughs> are going towards recently when they talk about batman So he says it was really a dark story in which Deathstroke was like a shark or a horror movie villain that was dismantling Bruce's life from the inside out. It was the systemic thing. He killed everyone close to Bruce and destroyed his life to try and make him suffer because he felt that Bruce was responsible for something that happened to him. Again, if you watched last season of Titans with Deathstroke, it's very similar. um, And Jeff Johns did a rewrite on this script, so who knows if a lot of that stuff that wasn't used
1: from the Johns rewrite ended up in Titans.
2: I'd, I'd go even um way before that too with uh season two of arrow when i read that yeah. I, I was like yep. oh that that sounds a lot like arrow because yep. just replacing batman with green arrow and with the backstory that they made for the, the two of them how you know uh green arrow and deathstroke were actually friends and like all kind of the lone survivors stuck on this island together that like yep. became enemies and then Five years later, Deathstroke returns, and then exactly as um, <laughs> exactly as Joey M says, systematically destroying each aspect of uh, Oliver's life, and um, he doesn't kill uh, as many people uh, as close to oliver as i guess he would have been the batman but um you know he does kill his mother and he, yes, he
0: does and, and he
2: attempts to kill a bunch of a green arrows other allies so like i, I read that and i was like that, that sounds a lot like arrow um and i haven't seen titans or the second season of titans yet but uh based based off that
1: eric <laughs> it sounds a lot like titans too so here's yeah, another how many people are left in this Affleck Batman's life? Like it's yeah, not so many people. people. Like there's yeah, we Lucius, like, Robin's dead. Who's left? Alfred? Yeah, I wondered
2: like who 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 would all these people be? Would they kill Alfred? Would they introduce Lucius Fox to kill him? Would they have uh I don't know, would they introduce Catwoman to and kill her or like any number of other Batman girls, like I don't know if they would have done like say Silver St. Cloud or Barbara somebody. Gordon. Barbara Gordon, yeah.
1: yeah, like. But again, like they're killing off people. We don't have any emotional, right? You know, yeah, concept, I, yeah you know, exactly. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Because yeah. if if you're introducing them in the same movie as you're killing them, the only people who are going to you know kind of be really upset about it would be you know fans like us who already have a history with. The characters maybe not with these interpretations but you know it, it sounds a bit like you know um uh and this is this isn't a new comparison by any means but you know it sounds like you know the the decision in batman superman to, to kill Olsen, you know for shock value in the yeah. first you know 10 minutes of the movie yeah, yeah. it's like no, no no real point to it other than to say like Oh, look, look what we're ready to do if we're gonna yeah. kill someone like Jimmy Olsen.
1: If you are, uh, if you're not a member of the Batman on Film Facebook group, I suggest you join, because uh, Bill chimes in on this in his in his very jet way, <laughs> and uh, he goes into maybe a little bit more detail. Uh, but uh, he made it seem like Alfred was gonna take a sword to the chest at one point in this movie, so. It's just kind of like, and again, like Gordon's supposed to be dead in BVS. Like, I know retroactively he's in Justice League, but yeah,
2: well, yeah, they right changed change yeah, that. A or lot something. of things
1: change. So, I don't know. I feel like we've kind of seen some of this stuff before in various uh, forms Medium. of Batman and, uh, and other TV shows.
2: Yeah, well, and- yeah, well you, you even go back to, you know, the Dark Knight and, and not that Joker was, you know, dismantling every aspect of you know batman or bruce wayne's life but you know he he kills uh rachel dawes which is a huge yeah. thing and then as uh as you guys said like that's the pretty much the straight out plot of uh dark knight rises where with bane and talia like doing that and with, to bruce you know,
1: but with rachel we had a movie and a half of her and yeah exactly movie, building it so there was like when she dies mm-hmm there's there's that emotional trauma that we all feel not just yeah fruit.
2: yeah but,
1: for sure i don't know the, the more that i hear about this the more i say to myself thank god we're getting matt Reeves the batman because it yeah. just sounds like a it sounds more along the lines of what i enjoy uh just kind of like standard batman batman solving crimes batman against a traditional batman villain like i always envisioned deathstroke as grayson's arch enemy you know deathstroke hates right. the, titans. In the titans and, yeah you know, and I know Deathstroke has had his quarrels with Batman. Uh, you know, Priest did uh, Batman versus Deathstroke and the Deathstroke title recently. Uh, uh, one of the Arkham games had a, a great spite sequence. Yeah, that
2: that fight that that it was fight hard to is,
1: beat. But I always envisioned. I've always thought of him as uh, the enemy, the arch enemy of Dick Grayson and the yeah. Teen. Titans.
2: Yeah, Teen Titans or like even Green Arrow. <laughs> like like I read um, the first real story. That i read with uh, deathstroke um was a dandy crisis and there's that great issue where like he just you know, takes on the
1: entire justice yeah League. He, he
2: takes on like uh, i i won't say b-level uh, justice leaguers because you know they have green lantern and and flash and a couple other heavy hitters yeah. with them and he takes them all on <laughs> like and and nearly wins like he, know that he
1: breaks Flash's ankle, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, he, yeah, he break, yeah, he like stabs Flash like while he's super speeding, and then he breaks his ankle, and then yeah, like like he only wins by like a fluke from something Green Arrow does, I think. And uh, but yeah, it's like I, I that was that was the first story that like I read Deathstroke in, and was like oh. I I have no idea who this character is, but holy shit!
1: And yeah, George and- Perez has a great Deathstroke run uh, that he did. Uh, it's in. I think it's been like three trades. It's it's well worth adding to anyone's. Class. I mean, Rick, I know you got a bookcase, so I mean, yeah. if you if you can track that down, it, I mean, I think you'll really enjoy that. Yeah.
0: Well, we will be seeing him again. We will be seeing this death stroke yeah, in yeah. the Snyder Cut of Justice yeah. League. So can, yeah,
2: can, can I actually mention one of the other things that um <laughs> Joey sorry, I can't get over to that. Joey, I'm I'm gonna call him that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but like he he also cause in that interview, um, you know, he, he talked about uh the Snyder cut and um I guess like how the original post credit scene was going to lead in to Batman. Yes. And like I guess the original discussion he and Lex Luthor had was about like uh planning, you know, yeah. The, the it was basically set up. It was set up for like, Batman. Yeah, but but an interesting thing he said was um uh he, for for anyone who doesn't know there, there was also talk of Deathstroke getting his own movie. Yep. Um I, I don't know if it would have been like an origin movie or something set after Batman or in between, whatever. But um, yeah, there's there talk of uh, him getting his own movie, and Gareth Edwards, yes, yeah, yeah director he, of the Raid, he, yeah, he was set as the director of Deathstroke, which sounded pretty exciting because anyone who has seen the raid like just imagine him doing action with deathstroke that, yeah. that would be really cool
1: i've always said that the two biggest sins actually like I, and like everyone's going to always going to complain about you know the first version of the Snyder cut and afflex movie mm-hmm. but it's the fact that, that we did not get some kind of assassin movie with deathstroke and some kind of assassin movie with uh dead shot yeah. will smith you know like those are two low budget movies that don't need a whole lot it bang bang just kind of like quick gun shooting movies and you know, yeah for sure it, well, it, it, but but one,
2: yeah but one of the things that um he said was like kind of he hoped that maybe the snyder cut would bring some renewed interest into the deathstroke project which
0: you can only hope
2: yeah like, like depending how his scene goes because they shot some brand new footage with him, which might not be amount to money. Apparently, like Zack Snyder... From from what I've heard,
1: it's not much.
2: Yeah, it's only like four minutes total, which in in a four-hour miniseries, that's really, like, not much. But, I mean, still, like, seeing him in full Deathstroke gear and, like, in whatever footage they've got, like, uh... I'm definitely interested in whatever they do with Deathstroke in the movie. And uh, honestly, I also wouldn't mind if that Deathstroke movie is revisited. But, no,
1: uh, I'm with you. I think it's something that it, – it's very fresh. You know, it's it's not – there's not many movies about assassins, right, coming out of comic books. So mm-hmm. De- Deadshot no, and- really got the most exposure out of Suicide Squad. And it's a shame that Will Smith couldn't reprise his role for the second. But I would be down for a Deathstroke movie.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be good too. Uh, it seems to be, if they're going to continue doing like the Joker with, if it's like this DC Dark or whatever they're doing, like they did with, with um, Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, they do it along those lines, that could be cool. That could be yeah. very cool.
1: I believe he said he went through like seven versions of the script. So it was something they tried to do. But what really stood out to me when he says this is like, hey, that's Hollywood. Sometimes, you know, this can be hard for a lot of fans. You just got to move on. And, uh, you know, as an actor, as someone who's been around the business um, he knows how the business works. So sometimes movies just don't get made no matter how much we want them to.
0: Yeah. Yep. But this was, uh, um, like I said, we will get to see him in the Snyder cut. So we will get, hopefully it's some kind of memorable thing with him. I don't know if it is, but hopefully it's some kind of memorable, memorable thing. And like you said, Ricky, maybe, maybe people will be like, you know what, let's give that another shot. Let's try and see if we can do a Deathstroke film. So, but that, um, the 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 stuff about the script, the Affleck script, uh, I kind of agree with everyone else. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm glad we didn't get that. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: glad that did and, not uh, happen. The Deathstroke title that I mentioned earlier was written by Marv Wolfman. George Perez is is oh. an anchor on it, but uh, Wolfman wrote it. So, oh, still, probably still, good, we, still yes. two legends <laughs> involved in that title. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. probably
0: check it probably, out. Probably a well done book if we're going off those names. So so one of the so the biggest story for me to come out from the last few weeks and maybe now obviously was the HBO Max announcement that the 2021 slate of movies is going to be on HBO Max and theater simultaneously They're going to release their complete slate all of next year. Um and since then, we've had a lot of opinions about it from from directors like Christopher Nolan and Dennis, even in The Wave. I don't know if I said that right. you can help me with this one.
1: <laughs> Are you French Canadian? Or- <laughs> uh, no, no,
2: that, that would be Reno. And- <laughs> <laughs> Reno, yeah. Reno
1: always gets
0: a name drop on this show. He has no <laughs> yeah. idea how much he does, man. Yes, he gets name drops all the time. Uh, but the uh, one of the big things that come out about it was the money for the actors, right? So it was written that for Wonder Woman 84 that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot got their got $10 million or whatever. They got their upfront money from it, but none of the other stars for the movies coming out, so you have Denzel Washington, you have Will Smith, Keanu Reeves, Hugh Jackman, all these other people um, haven't heard anything or they're kind of pushed to the side and they kind of want to know you know what's the deal like why are, why did they get in we didn't um so there's been a lot of fallout from this entire thing and 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 I've we've I know Pete and I have discussed this before and we've been vocal about how we feel about uh what happened and what's going to happen in 2021 I tend to be on the one side Pete's kind of just like whatever I want the movies to come out so I want to see them I want I'm the theatrical guy I want them all to come out in theaters and then wait before they come out streaming So, Ricky, since we have you on, um, first of all, you're Canadian, so you don't have HBO Max yet. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, hopefully, that changes, though, and hopefully, that does change, and then you'll be able to um, watch the movies if you so choose. But just as a moviegoer, like who personally likes to watch movies, would you prefer them theatrically first only and then rolled out, obviously, digitally, or are you fine with the setup?
2: uh no i I would definitely prefer them to be released in theaters because you know I, I think we can all agree there there's something very like uh fun and special and awesome about you know seeing movies like up on you know like a you know twenty five foot screen. and like 50 feet across or how whatever, you know, whatever the size, there's something fun about seeing a movie that big. Like I I can't imagine, you know, seeing like, you know, a a movie like, uh, you know, like, like Man of Steel or the Batman or, you know, the new Star Wars movies. The first time that I would be watching them would be like either on a, you know 55 inch tv or on something as small as my laptop
0: right <laughs> like, yeah
2: um and, and but but it's also just more than that like there's something about that communal experience of you know sitting down with in a theater with your friends or family and surrounded by like a whole bunch of other people that you know that you don't know but you're all there for like the same thing and you know right. you're joining in together for like the same thing like, uh, that, that's really, um, special and adds something to, to the experience. So like, right. and, uh, so yeah, I, I'm definitely a theater goer. Um, this year has sucked for that, obviously. Yeah. I think like the last movie I, I probably saw in theaters was, uh, Uh, It was either Birds of Prey or Sonic. I think it was Sonic that I saw. That was my last um, 2020 movie in theaters. Um, It was one of those two, but I think it was Sonic. But uh, yeah, and um, I mean, obviously, I I would like to see um, movies like Wonder Woman in, in the big on the big screen. Uh, one of the problems, though, is, of course, that theaters have been closed for the majority of this year. Yep. Um, and, I mean, the, the region where I live in, in Canada, we're, uh, we're in, like, what they call the red zone. Um, so okay. we're, 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 like... Uh, pretty high, high with cases and stuff. And it's very possible that within the next week or so, we'll be entering another lockdown, which means mm-hmm. when Wonder Woman comes out uh, on Christmas, uh, we're not going to be able to see it because as, as you said, Eric, it's only uh, same day release on streaming services in the US. So mm-hmm. places like Canada or anywhere else in the world that doesn't have Um, HBO Max will be forced to either go to the theater or um, miss out on it because, like, the theater could be closed. And, I mean, they they say it's, like, going to be, like, only on HBO Max for, like, a month. Mm -hmm. And then it will open up to other VOD services. But, I mean... A month in that time. And, like, Reno, <laughs> to name drop him again, like, he, he's talked about it. But, um, right. You know, uh, is anyone really going to wait a month to see uh, Wonder Woman, like, on something like, you know, Netflix or, like, a, a Amazon Prime to rent or whatever? No, um, probably not. Yeah, they're, they're going to turn to, uh,
1: you know, Torrance and, yep. you know. Download it. Yeah, I mean, this all look, This is all AT and T. They own yeah. everything, so right. they're they're trying to funnel the market. And yeah, I, I get, like I'm sorry that they don't have HBO Max in Canada. I think like, I, I feel bad for you guys, but like yeah, like we have see this pandemic coming, so they didn't. I guess they just weren't prepared. So it, it's it's just like the perfect storm of horrible events, and yeah, it, it comes down to corporate greed. Like I get it, but you know they also. In a way yeah, they're uh, to their employees yeah. employed. And if they have to funnel the market to get people's fifteen ninety-nine to, to keep their jobs, then I you know, I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah. As but getting, it it um, is it is
2: off. very short-sighted though, because well, like I said, people are gonna turn to torrents. So like they're not really gonna be like like people in the States will be fine because they'll like be able to subscribe to HBO Max and watch it there, but like worldwide, like for people who can't get HBO Max, they're just gonna wait till you know somebody uploads a uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, I a mean, 4K in quality. was
1: released in Singapore. I didn't. I didn't hear everyone complaining about that. It's you know. So it's I, these streaming services were just not ready. Like I know everyone wants to jump and blame them, and they should totally pay their employees for services rendered. But yeah. I, they they had no idea that this is coming. They're doing the best they can, and if the best they can do is funnel the market into HBO Max so that people can keep their jobs, then that's what they should do. Like enough people are unemployed right now, and I know the movie industry's suffering, but again, that's coming from the government. That's not coming from Warner Brothers.
0: Well, the 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 other thing that ties into this really, and I started going down this hole, but I wanted to hear Ricky's opinion on it first, um, is the financial side for the talent. Um, you know, when actors sign on for these films, they negotiate rates before the films are ever made. So they have to—they're contractually bound to be paid mm-hmm. that amount. So if you're losing box office numbers, if you're not getting that money from a box office, and everything mm-hmm. is going shrinking, the talent is not getting going to get the same rates. So it tri- it's a trickle down effect, right? You—you you, for people Better keep saying <laughs> Bernie. Well, people, people I keep saying. When this news drop, everyone's like, oh, some people are like, this is for the fans. Well, that's bullcrap. No, it's not. It no, well, Justin
1: Killar said that and that's utter bullshit. Right. If you just want the money. That's all it is. You want your yeah. money, you're funneling into yeah. one
0: area. So that's so that's number one. And then number two, like going forward, you you think about these things now. Well, like we heard the directors complain, like Nolan and like I said, Denny Villeneuve, whatever his name is. Um, they came out with their with their comments about how uh, you know. this is a terrible move it's it's not for the art of the film and like they had a whole different angle but um when you think about the talent now going down the list uh you know unless they're being told up front that these movies are being made for streaming it's a whole different ball game and that's not what happened here so it's going to be interesting to see the fallout from that, to see if what the how the actors react. And do we have less A-listers hopping onto these films for Warner Brothers now, simply because they're they're worried they're not going to get the money that they thought they would get for a big blockbuster film. So that's... I mean, the
1: pandemic has caused drastic measures all around. Of course. So, mm-hmm. Of course. Everyone and is yes, re- reacting in real time to what's going on.
0: Yeah, and of course, they're much more equipped to deal with it. Obviously, most of these people have tons of money from their live, from being actors, the A-listers, obviously, and even the B-listers, I would say, are probably not hurting either. Well, property tax on a mansion's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, they live mm-hmm. in a lifestyle. Okay, so I have to downgrade from my yeah. 4.2 million to my 1 million. I mean, really, like...
1: <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I gotta go from my seven-car garage to just two, like a normal person.
0: <laughs> you know. But, uh, right. yeah, so that's just interesting. It's gonna see, it's, for me, how that's gonna how that'll um, work out in the end and see what, how this changes not only our experience, but the experience of the talent that's going to be signing on to be in these films. So we'll see what happens there. So the last thing we want to go over, this is, this is some fun news and this movie seems to be getting more and more fun news by the, by the day. But, um, Spider-Man three, we'll not only have Andrew Garfield returning and Toby Maguire, but also we'll have Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Now, if you guys listened to our episode with Casey Walsh, he hinted this at that time. That he wasn't had heard. a case, he just
1: flat out told us.
0: Yes, well, he said he said he saw him on, that he had, had word that he, someone he knows saw him on set, Alfred Molina on set, um, which obviously is a pretty good indicator that, yes, he's probably in the film. But, um you know he didn't he didn't um you know confirm it say it was done but he kind of said yeah it looks like it's happening and then obviously we got news. So with all of these old uh, legacy Star Wars characters from the other movies and other universes appearing, we obviously we know already about Jamie Fox and um all these other people coming back, we had you know J. Jonah Jameson from the end of uh Far From Home, we saw him. So What do you think, I know what Pete thinks, so I'll go to you, Ricky. What do you think about all of this um, happening? Like, are you excited for this? Do you think it's cool? Do you think it's too much? What's your take?
2: Uh, So part of it, uh, I'll say, is exciting. Uh, Like, It's just kind of exciting to see the names again. And, you know, like uh, Alfred Molina was a great Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, uh, which... It's still arguably the the best Spider Man movie. It's either that or Spider Verse uh, for me, right? Um, but I am also kind of kind of hesitant on it. And like uh, I've got like a tentative curiosity about, but I am more like kind of really because it's obviously like if they're going this route, then they're they're going Spider Verse. But right, uh, my thought is why because you already did a hugely successful animated Spider-Verse movie, which, eh, like, a sequel is in the middle of production right now for, like, what, 2022, was it?
0: I think so. Um,
2: So it's like a year after you do Spider-Man 3, um, the new Spider-Man 3, (laughs) um, you're going to have another Spider-Verse movie so my my wonder is why are you bothering to do a live action spider-verse movie with you know uh homecoming three whatever you want to call it because <laughs> um, that that just seems like they're trying to cash in on the success of spider-verse and and milk it because it's like yeah let, let's let's do it live action because you know it would be cool and People people would go crazy to see you know Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland all together, right. but I, I'm just kind of like, would it though? I don't know. Like like it would be cool, I guess. But again, you already have a successful Spider Verse franchise uh, growing here. Like like the the first the first Spider Verse movie is I think like universally loved. Like I've never really seen anyone come out and say that was a terrible movie they they might say it's it's not my favorite spider-man movie like i might you know like i've heard like oh spider-man 2 is still the best or spider-man 1 or or homecoming was better but i've never heard anyone say spider-verse sucked no. So like it seems like everyone enjoyed Spider-Verse. So and and like I said, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they're they are actively working on number two right now. Uh-huh. So again, why would you bother doing that live action, especially like so close to when number two was supposed to come out? So You
0: have that's a very good question. And Pete kinda had a good theory on this on the show we did before this. So Pete, go ahead and well, it's just uh,
1: here's the thing, and I've got it's just I've seen Marvel do this once before, and it goes back to Captain America and the Serpent Society. Remember that movie, the movie that never got yep. made, it, so it became Civil War. They have only done this once before, and they've been very reactionary to BVS. And it's almost like they kind of got a little shook by the announcement of Keaton and Batfleck and everyone coming into this Flash movie. And it's just weird because coming out of Spider-Man far from home, that end credit scene doesn't lead up to whatever this Spider-Man three movie is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very weird to me. And like, I, well, I think, and then, then you hear Watts is getting fantastic four and there's so many cooks in the Spider-Man kitchen. You've got to please Disney. You've got to please Feige. You've got to please Sony. And I just, I, I don't really understand and I love fan service. I thought Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW was brilliant. Sure, it's cheesy. It's not the best storytelling, but seeing all those characters interact was absolutely amazing. And I thought they did it really well for what they for what the CW does. So, like, I, I'm interested to see Toby and Andrew kind of get back into the mix with all this. But like I was so critical of the J.J. Jameson car- uh, cameo at the end of Far From Home. Yeah. I was crazy like, service. Like, like there yeah. are so many talented actors, give someone else a shot. And then this just seems so much. Like I'm excited for it. I love Peter Parker. I can argue about Peter Parker all day. He's one of, he's, you know, he he's one of my favorite all time Capes and Tights characters. But it's just it's so weird to me that they're doing this and i just i it's i'm and now that ricky mentions like well you've got a spider-verse 2 in the mix why do you need a live action spider-verse when you just had a successful animated movie it sounds like they just think it's a cash cow like does marvel actually know what to do with spider-man we've waited for them to have spider-man for years and then homecoming was great and i really dug it but now i'm like what are you guys doing just make a spider-man movie
0: yeah i wonder how much of that has with sony's influence that's the only that's every time i hear something because like you're right marvel's pretty good with what they do with most of their characters whether you like it or not i think they're usually pretty good how they develop and they, and, and they make bank they all yeah. make yeah so mm-hmm. so the the whole thing that happened i think was last year when they we heard at first that marvel lost the rights to spider-man he wasn't they weren't going to have him anymore and and then this happens And then, like you said, Pete, like all these other things now are happening where this movie went from being one thing to now being this multiverse Spider Man movie. Um, So I wonder how much of it is Sony's interference. Yeah. And I mean, I remember like
2: in the Morbius trailer, there's that like shot, like obviously there's Keaton in it making some kind of cameo, but there's also that shot of like Spider-Man spray painted on the wall, but it's not the, it's not the MCU Spider-Man. It looks like the Toby Spider-Man. Yes. So, which, so yeah, it's like they've, I guess, I don't know, been planning this for like a little while, but I have been waiting for Sony
1: to hijack this for years.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like Pete, like you said, when like all, all, when the, their deal fell through and they had to renegotiate, then it's like maybe, yeah. Sony like pulled a a card that they were like, well, what if we could get, you know, we want to bring Toby and. And uh Andrew Garfield back because this our Spider-Verse movie, which had nothing to do with Marvel, right was so successful. Which, so we are willing to you know bring that to you guys for a live action one.
0: Which so kind then, of bothers me. Uh because Sony kind of went was starting to really go the wrong way with with the character. Yeah. Um you know, well,
2: like, like it's funny because um uh, like Pete Pete just said like how uh, uh crammed this movie is. That that it seems like there's too much and it's like is this new Spider-Man really going to repeat the same mistakes of the first? And, you know, there's Spider-Man rumors three. of
1: Charlie Cox coming into the movie too. Yeah, yeah, like,
2: like, like the new Spider-Man Three is going to repeat the same mistake as the old Spider-Man Three
1: of cramming <laughs> might, yeah. as many things. Hey, as Amazing possible. Two did it as well. They crammed Green Goblin in Amazing Two. Yeah, if you, exactly. if you kept Amazing Two as just Electro, I think that movie's far better received. But they wanted to kill Gwen Stacy off, so how can you do that? They, you need the Green Goblin to do that, and it wasn't even the right Green Goblin.
0: No, yeah. that's what I mean. That's what I yeah, mean. That's it's, why it's, involvement really, really bothers me. Like, if you're going to let Marvel do it, just let them do what they plan to do. Yeah, because I remember
2: the original deal was that. Um, like, so, Sony would lend uh, Spider-Man to the Avengers movies. Right. But then mm-hmm. when it came time for the solo Spider-Man movies, um, Marvel would have control over the story, which now no longer seems like that's the case. It seems like it's kind of... It's almost um, Sony's show now, if, like... Uh, and I and I know like Far From Home like kinda teased the multiverse with, with Mysterios like you know uh oh I'm from a alternate earth and blah blah blah. But then that turned out, you know, obviously it's it's a lie. He was pulling a con. So and there was deception
1: everywhere in that movie, you know? Yeah.
2: Yes. And yes. and I think another part of it as well is Sony has been wanting to branch out this like their spider-man franchise for years like i mean we we now have venom we're getting morbius they've been trying to do this black cat and silver sable movie for a long time but one of the other forgotten projects um that they canceled after they um canceled amazing spider-man 3 was a sinister six movie so I, I think they're trying to get the Sinister Six together, but yeah. since they yeah. haven't introduced yep. all six, uh, all six of the six into the MCU, they're like, okay, well, what's the fastest way we can do it? Because you have Michael Keaton's Vulture, um,
1: Tom Hardy's you have-
2: yeah, you have Tom Hardy's Venom. You've got like, he's not traditionally a member of the Sinister Six, but you know you could add him in there or like make him
1: like Scorpion was in Fa- Homecoming, right? Guardian. Yeah, yeah, he, he
2: yeah he was cameoed in Homecoming, so it's like you know he can throw the suit on, but then it's like okay, well we can, we can have Jamie Foxx's Electro. Now he he has said that his Electro. Will kind of be different. Like he, all he said was he's not going to be blue, but mm-hmm. you have to assume that he might be different, like a different version of Electro. I don't know. We'll see. But then you have Alfred Molina's Doc Ock now, so it's like they're gearing up for Sinister Six, which I think it's like going to be their main their main goal for Spider Man Three, that he finally goes up against the Sinister Six, even if it's the Sinister Six from like different multiverses together i don't
1: it's, know you mentioning them trying to rush to the sinister sinister six movie screams warner brothers trying to rush to a justice league film yeah you know like it's mm-hmm. you're not willing to put in the work to get to that point you just want to see if you can cash in and i mean and that's something again that's another term you said literally five minutes ago cash in and it's like well i want nothing but quality spider-man films and i'll be excited for this I just, again, I want nothing but good Spider-Man films. And mm-hmm. I don't think that the last Spider-Man film was any good. I think it was a poor portrayal of the character. I didn't like where, where it placed Peter Parker. I, I didn't like what they were doing. I don't like where it was headed. This, at times, seems like it was getting better, but now it almost seems like it's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Yeah. But and, and I'm giving the MCU a little bit more uh, faith in, than normal?
2: Yeah and uh forgive me eric or peter i forget which one mentioned which one you mentioned this but like uh why you mentioned that this doesn't seem like it continues a story from far from home which is absolutely right because it ended with you know spider-man's identity revealed to the world and it's like okay where does this go now and now that it's like seems like it's spider-verse coming it's like okay no literally where does this go now you ended on like the biggest kind of cliffhanger you possibly could How yeah. did spider-verse like at all impact this like that well, like it seems
1: like that's going to be a bigger worry than his home, i'm like oh cool you're going to do a Spider Man version of the fugitive that's interesting that's yeah. never been done now you're just making a live action movie of the animated movie you already gave us
0: yeah yeah it's gonna i don't know i again like i think all the things we're getting about the, the old characters is cool i just don't know how it's going to serve the story and i think that's the biggest thing probably all of us are kind of like well wh- where are we going with like pizza many times where are we going with this and that's going to be john watts got fantastic four because his third movie got high more yeah. than the last two
1: and yep. they're saying here you go we'll give you more creative freedom we'll give you more liberties with a new property because we you know between us and Sony now you have no input just sh- point and shoot
0: well he wasn't he wasn't signed on to do Spider-Man before the MCU got him so he knew what he was getting into with Homecoming at yeah, least yeah but
1: homecoming is still like he still has his input in homecoming right like it's st- like we all know like, yeah, Marvel, like Marvel yeah, has yeah. Planned, yeah.
2: Home- homecoming is feels very even though it's you know a, a marvel production and whatever it still feels very like it's one of the few ones that actually kind of feels director driven Yes. Um, cuz like he was able to put his own touch on it and to the characters and everything and uh even and even that's even with the influence from marvel of okay you got to have tony stark in this you know well that's how they brought um, him in
0: in yeah. civil war so. Yeah. I think so, everyone kind of knew Tony was going to be involved just from Civil War. Yeah.
2: But but I mean like the the amount of Tony Stark, I guess, cuz you could have just had Tony in in that beginning, you know, he he, dri- he drives exactly. he drives Peter Him home, home yeah. and then that that would be it. That would have been the extent agree, of his role. No,
0: but, that's and,
2: fair. And if you didn't have Tony in the rest of the movie, you really wouldn't miss much. Um uh, so, so like his role definitely came from Marvel. Like, but you know the rest of the movie, like that felt like John Watts, uh, John Watts's voice and vision. I agree. So, well, yeah, and then Far From Home, like it felt a little like that felt more
1: Marvel to me than the print. yeah,
2: yeah, because it's like okay, we have to build off you know Avengers End Game, use it as kind of like were, an epilogue. Yeah. That, and there was then, a lot of,
0: like,
1: of stupid humor in that movie.
0: They were setting up. Peter to take the mantle of leading the Avengers. That's basically what they were doing. Yeah, which um, you
2: know, I, I liked Far From Home. Like, it, it's not as strong as Homecoming. I liked it, but um, and there are definitely some moments that made that I was like, okay, that's really cool. Like that, that's really
0: no the that, the effects the, with Mysterio. And, like all the and, yeah, effects, awesome. Yeah, Mysterio was cool. Mysterio too. were
1: amazing. That's like that's why I give Watts a lot of credit. Like the actual direction. Of the, of the well, you know, sometimes it does look a little too CGI for me, and I know they do a lot of CGI Spider Man suits. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I know Holland wears the gray pajamas often. um I, I do think that Watts shot the movie pretty well, even yeah. even that dumb right. scene where Peter's rolling around in the in the clock tower like an idiot because he can't stick to anything apparently. You know, again, it's it's shot well. I don't I don't blame Watts for any of this yeah. stuff.
2: And like one of my favorite bits of that movie is you know. um he is towards the end where, where he uses a spider sense to take out all the drones. Like uh, that that was cool. That was pure Spider Man there. Um, but yeah, the, the, this new one, it's like okay, where is Watts' you know uh, input here? Because you guys are right.
1: Like, you guys are right. That it seems more like it's coming from Sony than it is. Like in- it's great in the role, and it seems like he's getting lost here. You know, like almost like. It's, it's the third time, or not even, what is it? It's the fifth time he's appeared as Spider-Man, and he's kind of being watered down in his own movie. Yeah. And, and that's a little disappointing, because I love the kid as Spider-Man. He might actually be yeah, a like, like, uh, character we've yeah. seen in live action. Yeah, I
2: saw a joke tweet that was like, uh, breaking news, Tom Holland has cameo in Spider-Man 3.
0: <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's going you know? to be, yeah, yeah, be
2: like. And, and, but it doesn't even just extend to him because it's like, okay, how is um, Zendaya gonna fit in as MJ? How is um, oh gosh, I, I forget Ned's name, um,
0: the actor. Uh, yeah. But yeah,
2: like how how is Ned gonna fit in this? How, like Flash Thompson? You know, like yep. that, that's one that's one thing that I was actually kind of looking forward to seeing. In fact, of like you know flash Thompson. he's got his he bullies peter but he's also like oh spider-man's great he's awesome he's my hero so like that that's one thing that i was looking forward to of how like flash would come to terms with his hero being the kid that he bullies you know and then like how uh, how, how's aunt may gonna fit in you know like all all
1: all the other support right like how are you gonna fit all these characters in if peter's universe hopping yeah exactly
2: like where where does where do the extended character supporting characters that we've come to know in two movies now and like it's not like in spider like the original spider-man trilogy where you know the characters were just relegated to like uh peter mj and harry um because, like, they're a regular supporting cast now because of Far From Home. Like, we, we've gotten to know, you know, the uh, – not Gwen Stacy, um, but N- Ned's girlfriend in Far From Home, who was also in Homecoming. And,
1: yes.
2: And, uh, you know, like, the other – like regular, I guess classmates. Like we've seen them for two movies now, so where? Like, there's gonna be no time movie. for them.
1: Like, I, I think actually, like, in because because casting has just been crazily. I've had some fun with this myself, and I'd be like, I would love if the 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 Daredevil that it was actually in the movie was Ben Affleck's Daredevil, and they brought Favreau <laughs> as far to interact with Favreau. was happy. Yeah. I that think would that would be, would be cool. cool. Me personally like I, I you know, but it doesn't seem like oh, that's going to happen, but I think I that think, would be a cute little moment
0: yeah i think I think whatever we get, um I think no one's going to be happy, so <laughs> I think wherever we go with this, or wherever they're going with it, look, I hope it's good, I have faith that Marvel will give us a good film, most of their films are good, no matter what you want to say, you might not like everything about them, but most of their films have been pretty good, so i'm hoping I'm trusting that they can somehow come up with a really cool story to tell here and that everything intertwines and it gives us a good film um, I just feel like I, when it
1: comes to Spider-Man there's too many people to try to please and I just yeah. I agree. it seems I think like it the,
0: might not work mm-hmm. no you're right and that's my again that's my fear and um, like I said I did for the reasons you said We it was a completely different movie that they were going to make until everything happened with them, almost losing the rights to him, and then every this whole new idea came out, and we've been getting more of this, which makes so, me
1: question why they ended the last movie the way they did. If they thought if there was any any possibility of them losing the rights to begin with, it, it, it's it's there's a lot. Of- I, I think I remember
2: kind of thinking that like with with the success of homecoming and far from home but then also with the huge success of endgame that marvel may have um, relied on that a bit too much thinking like oh like sony will for sure want to you know renew our deal like like there, there's nothing to worry about here so they didn't really worry about it thinking that sony had a big that with that box office money, it's a double-edged sword because now Sony has a huge card to play in saying, like, we can um, cancel this deal at any time. Like, after our initial deal is yep. done, we don't have to renew.
1: And then it was a financial success, too. So they're they're high on that. Not yeah, exactly. Like, like,
2: yeah, Marvel never thought that Sony would call their bluff, I, I feel, which is why – it got in the situation that it was in that they were in. They were like, "Wait, uh, like seriously? You you don't want to renew?" And and Pete, like like you said, Venom was a huge surprise success. Like I don't think anybody thought Venom would do that well. Like it wasn't reviewed well, but financially like, it yes. made a lot of money, which like is what. Matt, yes.
1: million or something like that, right?
2: Yeah, like that's what Matt like that made more than Amazing Spider-Man two, yeah. <laughs> so. Like like the, like the fact that Venom made more than a Spider Man movie, and yeah, like that's the weakest Spider Man movie, both critically and financially. But still, the fact that it made more than a Spider Man movie, because Amazing Two still made like seven hundred and fifty million or something. So, like, it didn't make small change. <laughs>
1: but the If fact this that... Morbius movie is critically good and financially good, dude, v- Spider-Man's gone. Like, they are pulling yeah. the plug on this, and I guarantee it. They are that gr- – like, if we all, we all know AT&T's greedy and they're trying to steal everyone's money. Sony can't wait. They are dying. Yeah. They've already tried to pull the character yeah. back. If Morbius then, any kind yeah. of success, say goodbye.
2: Yeah, and but and not even Morbius. Like, Venom 2 was not supposed to come out this October, right?
1: very good point very good point yeah
2: so like when venom 2 comes out whenever you know either on a streaming service or in the theaters next year
1: directed by um, alfred
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so so yeah whenever that comes out like if that also makes like as much money as the first one made in, in um Along with Morbius, then yeah, you're totally right that Marvel is in a very, very um, difficult position to renegotiate Spider-Man for more movies. Well, so, yeah, least, like I, like I think I, I think Sony will want to keep Spider-Man in the Avengers movies, but they'll obviously want more say, creative or, control. Yeah, yeah, more yeah, more input in the solo Spider-Man movies or in how he's handled in the Avengers. Or they'll say, well, let's, maybe we can borrow some of your characters for our movies, you know?
1: (laughs) And also, I mean, if Sony's struggling like everybody else is post-pandemic, like, what is their big cash cow? It's Spider-Man. So wouldn't you want that all to yourself and not have to split that pot? Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... uh,
2: And Sony's already had to delay... um, no Time to Die, like, four times now, which they they can't hold on to that, uh, to that movie for much longer. Like, they're losing money off its delays. So they're going to look for any kind of excuse they can to make up money for the No Time to Die delay, as well as, you know, other movies they're holding back. And Spider-Man is in a perfect situation to... um you know, get more bang for their buck.
0: Well, who knows what's going to happen with directors going forward? Maybe Sony will steal the Warner Brothers directors who are mad now. <laughs> <laughs> going forward, can you imagine we'll a Chris that.
1: Nolan directed Spider Man movie? Oh boy, oh, gosh.
0: that would be fun. That would be fun to. I, I, I can I, only I, imagine I what it would do in fandom world. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I want to see a Nolan Bond movie, but that, yeah. that's 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 on my dream Perk list. Who's
0: going to make a comeback, boys? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, this has been fun to talk about all this stuff, but I think it's time to wrap it up.
1: All right. So, oh, it's an uh, hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. That's, this is over our,
0: our limit here. This is over <laughs> our limit. But Sorry, guys. Uh, no, I it's fine, through. man. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, but a lot of times, we Pete and I get tired of listening to our own voices. So, it's good to have another voice and another opinion. Uh, Ricky, again, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, do you have yeah, anything yeah. you want to, I mean, I kind of did the plugging stuff in the beginning, but how, do, how can people reach you on your socials?
2: Uh, yeah. So, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Richard church, uh, 16, that's one six. And, uh, you can follow my, uh, writings at uh flickering myth. And, um, I've also got some older stuff on uh, Batman on film there. Uh, reviewed the kind of the first two seasons of Gotham there. If anyone wants to put themselves through that punishment. First <laughs> um, show ever written and on then uh, my latest thing for BOF was actually earlier this year um, around the start of the pandemic, recommending a bunch of uh, Batman graphic novels to read. So uh, you can look that up as well. Um So again, Twitter is
1: uh, at Richard church uh, 16.
0: All right, Pete,
1: you can follow me on all forms of social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Zack Snyder's favorite, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. Uh, make sure you follow our show account, straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. Do not forget to enter our follower 250 contest. If you help us reach 250 followers, you will win a um, signed copy of All-Star Batman number one by Scott Snyder. Just like, retweet, and uh, ha- use the hashtag straight. Uh, SOG Contest Giveaway to enter for that. Uh, Please rate and review our show as we have a monthly contest uh, every month, and we give away a cool prize. And also, FJC509, you are the winner of the November Monthly Contest Giveaway. Please reach out to us at straightogpodcast at gmail.com to claim your prize. You have 30 days from December 7th to claim your prize.
0: All right. And for me, everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at finally 33. It's spelled finale 33. You can also find me on Instagram at finale 33 as well. It's finale underscore 33. Uh, Please check out our Facebook page and our Facebook group. So the page is for the show where we post information and we post copy of, we post the postings of the podcast. When they first come up, Uh, the group is where we have fun discussion with our fans uh, so if you want to join the group, just go to search for Straight Out of Gotham on Facebook, and it, I asked to be a member, and we will approve you as long as you answer our questions. There are some questions you have to answer, so answer a couple of those, and we will let you in. Yeah, no fembots. <laughs> yes, we. We I tried to put in the capture thing, but we there was no way for me to do it, so we're just going to have to go on on your word. But uh, I'm a pretty trustworthy guy, so. So, yes, for Ricky Church and Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight of Gotham. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.
2: Booyah. See ya.